0: Real quick, before I start the show today, I wanted to let you know that I now have a YouTube channel, and I'm going to have new episodes of the show up on the channel, as well as some short little clips here and there. You can find that at fairlyimportant.com YouTube, or you can just go to YouTube and type in the words Fairly Important. I'll be sure to have a link in the show notes. Okay, on to the show here's the israeli-palestinian conflict in 60 seconds imagine for a moment that mexico is run by terrorists and they want nothing more than for all americans to die and to take over our country and they want this so badly that our death is literally written into their founding charter and imagine they start lobbing rockets at us with no end in sight. And day after day and night after night, people in California and Arizona and Texas, they're all running, screaming with their children to bomb shelters. And imagine the US government does everything in their power to defend our sovereign nation as they should and neutralize the threat. They knock 90% of the rockets out of the sky. They bomb the launch pads and the buildings that are housing the terrorists. And then imagine That the world responds by calling America the terrorists. That is the Israeli Palestinian conflict in a nutshell. boggles my mind that there are still people who think that Israel is the aggressor in this conflict. It defies the bounds of human reasoning to think that the Palestinians are the ones who are the victims here. And actually, I'll kind of adjust that a little bit. I actually do think that the Palestinians are victims, but I think they are victims of Hamas. I think they are victims of the PLA. I think they are victims of Hezbollah, and I think they are victims of the Iranian regime who openly financially supports Hamas and gives them the rockets. But in the current Israeli-Palestinian conflict, as well as all previous Israeli-Palestinian conflicts, it is the people of Israel who are the victims. And by the way... 20% of the population of Israel is Arab. There are no Jews in the Gaza Strip because you'll be murdered for being in the Gaza Strip as a Jew. But that's the kind of inconvenient nuance that the mainstream media doesn't want people to know. They don't want people to think about the fact that Palestinian children's cartoons call on children to murder Jews. Or the fact that Palestinian children are taught that Jews will drink their blood like some sort of vampires. Our media simply will not discuss those kinds of things because it takes away from their narrative that the Palestinians are the victims and that the Jews are an evil people running an apartheid state. But it simply is not true. Hey, thanks for joining me. We've got a lot to get into today. I'm Travis Rusko, and this is a Fairly Important Podcast, Episode 23. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a brief 10,000-foot overview of what led up to the current situation, which is just the most recent out of a bajillion attacks on Israel— since 1948, and even more attacks on the Jewish people throughout all of human history. But here's the 10,000-foot view, and Ben Shapiro really summarized this very, very well on an episode of his podcast last week. And um, I am going to take three of the points that he made here behind uh, what people are saying is the reason for this. The number one thing, as Shapiro pointed out, is that there were supposed to be elections taking place in the Gaza Strip, and the Palestinian Authority canceled these elections. And you have to look at this within the context of their political system over there, if you want to even call it a political system. It's just, it's just a terrorist mob that's uh, running the Gaza Strip a literal mob of radical Islamic terrorists. But it would always be a big deal if any country canceled their elections. But Mahmoud Abbas, who is the uh, despotic, murderous, terrorist leader of the Palestinian people, he's been in power for something along the lines of 17 years. And he was only elected for four years. And if you do the math on that, 17 is more than four. But they were supposed to have these elections, and it looked like he was going to lose, so he canceled the elections. And as the Palestinian authority, as Hamas, as the Arab world in many instances tends to do, he blamed it on the Jews, because the Jews are always the ones at fault when you're an anti-Semitic monster. So you have that going on. And of course, Mahmoud Abbas wants to take the attention away from the fact that he canceled these elections. And what do you know? Very soon after that occurs, he starts lobbing rockets at Israel. Shapiro also points out this situation with Sheikh Jarrah. So Sheikh Jarrah is a um, that's this little little section in Israel uh, that is on sovereign Israeli territory and people have been squatting there and refusing to pay rent. And it's actually, as he points out, it's actually a private lawsuit and it's, you know, a situation where people aren't paying rent. And so they're being evicted as happens when you don't pay rent. But again, in the media, that is being painted as Here come the evil Jews pushing the victimized Palestinians out of their homes. So that's going on. And then the final thing and the thing that probably most people are aware of to just take a, you know, a passing glance at the news. The final thing was the events at the Al-Aqsa Mosque where you saw the Israelis go in with, um, stun grenades and with rubber bullets. And they went in and the people were in there praying and they kicked them out of the Temple Mount. By the way, the Temple Mount is uh, very, very holy to the Jews. It's their holiest site. You can't really go there as a Jew, though, because the Arabs run it. And they kicked them out. And in the process, a riot ensues. And you've got a bunch of Palestinians throwing stones at Israeli soldiers which I always love seeing people try to defend on Twitter. And they say, look, they only have stones and these guys have guns. And I'm sorry, you don't throw stones at people. You make those stones a deadly weapon in the process of hurling them through the air at people's faces. And as Shapiro points out, this wasn't just a random event. The IDF, that's the Israeli Defense Forces, the IDF received plenty of intelligence that was telling them, that the Al-Aqsa Mosque was going to be used as a staging ground for a terrorist attack. And that was the reason that they were going in there. Israel actually gave up control of the Temple Mount, of Al-Aqsa Mosque, to Muslims in an attempt to build peace. When, again, keep in mind, that is the holiest site in Judaism, the Temple Mount. And these three things, the events at Al-Aqsa Mosque, the events at Sheikh Jarrah, and the canceled elections in the Gaza Strip, these all played a role, but specifically the case of Sheikh Jarrah and and the Al-Aqsa Mosque, specifically those two items, are being trumpeted in the news media across the world as the reason that Israel is in this situation right now with the Palestinians. And those two events, these people being evicted in, again, a private lawsuit and the events at the mosque, those two things are being used as a way to justify Hamas lobbing rockets at Israel day and night for days on end. All of this coming from a media that talks all the time about the need for there to be a proportional response in war. Are any of these three things that supposedly play a role in the events that are occurring right now, are any of these three things reason for Hamas to fire rockets at Israel with no end? Because I don't see how they are. Mahmoud Abbas canceled the elections. That is not Israel's fault. The situation in Sheikh Jarrah is a private lawsuit and... The situation at the Al-Aqsa Mosque, while it sure does bring a lot of clicks to news websites, it is not some example of an apartheid Jewish state oppressing the Muslim population. But since calling Israel an apartheid state is kind of the thing now, it's the thing that you're supposed to do, it's the, um, the woke thing to do. Since that is what's popular let's let's talk about that for a minute, as I mentioned already, the Arab population in Israel is twenty percent somewhere between eighteen and twenty percent I should say, and if you are an Arab in Israel, you have freedom of speech, you have freedom of religion, you can work any job you want to. there are Arabs on all rungs of the ladder. In Israeli society. If you are an Arab in Israel, you can choose to be religious or to not be religious. If you are an Arab in Israel, you can share your opinion on social media. You can do, as an Arab in Israel, all the things that Jews in Israel do. And to go back to what I said earlier about the Al-Aqsa Mosque, If you're an Arab in Israel, there are instances where you actually have rights that Jews do not have, such as being able to freely move about the Temple Mount. And if you ask me, that doesn't sound like an apartheid state. Let's now change our focus to the Gaza Strip, the wonderful, loving, inclusive piece of land known as the Gaza Strip. What I am about to say is not an indictment on all Palestinians or all Muslims. But it is certainly an indictment against the barbaric terrorists that have an iron grip on everything in the Gaza Strip. There is no freedom of religion in the Gaza Strip. If you, as a Jew or as a Christian, wander into the Gaza Strip... You are going to die. There is no freedom of the press in the Gaza Strip. There is no ability for the people in the Gaza Strip to protest against their government. If you want to talk about wicked, wicked, wicked people who oppress the Palestinians, then look at their leaders. There has been a lot of talk about men, women, and children dying in Gaza. In the past few days, and it is true that men, women, and children have died in Gaza in the past few days. That has also happened in Israel. It has happened in lower numbers, but there's a few reasons for that. And Israel isn't the primary reason. Reason number one, Israel has the Iron Dome missile defense system which is like the eighth modern wonder of the world. And by the way, there's actually some crazy people in our own government, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who think that it is a bad thing that Israel has the Iron Dome because it gives them an unfair advantage. The reason they have the Iron Dome is because Hamas is trying to kill them all the time. If you see any of these videos of the rockets that are being lobbed at israel you'll see them fly through the air and then you will see what looks like a flare go up and that's the iron dome defense system and it neutralizes about 90 percent of those in the air a few more reasons here why the casualties are much much different hamas shoots their rockets from densely populated civilian areas. You can find news reports on YouTube and this is real news. This isn't just some random guy with a camera doing a YouTube video. You can find news reports where western reporters are saying, "Uh yeah, we found this rocket launcher here just literally right here in the middle of this civilian area." And so Hamas shoots them from civilian areas, from hospitals, from schools, near apartment buildings, for a couple of reasons. Number one, because they know Israel won't just indiscriminately shoot back. And number two, they do that because they know there will be some civilian casualties in the instances where Israel does respond And does try to be as strategic as possible. And they want that in the media. One more reason that I'll share with you here. Hundreds of the rockets that Hamas shoots end up misfiring or falling back to the ground very close to their own rocket launchers and killing civilians since these rocket launchers are in civilian areas. So, yeah. More people are dead on the Palestinian side. More men, more women, more children are dead on the Palestinian side. And there are a whole bunch of dead terrorists on the Palestinian side. But I'm going to share something with you here after a short break that is actually going to show you that Israel, which so many people condemn as the most evil force on the face of the planet, It's going to show you that Israel's army is actually the most moral fighting force on the face of this planet. And I'll get to that here in just one quick moment. Hey, if you are trying to get a website out there on the World Wide Web, whether it's for your own business, whether you're trying to create a personal blog, you're going to need a web hosting company to host the site. I've been using Bluehost now for a couple of years and I'm very happy with them and I want to encourage you to check them out. Their prices are super reasonable and the service that I've received from Bluehost has been phenomenal. Speaking of those prices, you're going to get a special price if you go through my affiliate link which is fairlyimportant.com/bluehost. I do get a kickback from sending you their way if you end up purchasing a plan, but that's at no extra cost to you. And like I said, your cost is going to be lower if you use that link. So if you want to get your website up and running and you need a web hosting platform, check out fairlyimportant.com slash bluehost today. So why do I say that the Israeli military is by far the most moral, fighting force on the face of the planet. I say that because while you see the news stories about dead men, women, and children in Gaza, which it's always horrible when innocent people die wherever they live, but while you see those stories all over the news, you don't see a ton of information about what Israel does, the links that they go to to make sure that there are as few civilian casualties as possible. I know some people would say, well, yeah, here's a way to have as few civilian casualties as possible. Just call the whole thing off. It's hard to call the whole thing off when thousands of rockets are being fired at you. So how do they try to avoid those civilian casualties in ways that no other army on earth does? Well, what Israel does is they reach out to communities, they reach out to specific buildings that they are about to target, and they warn people hours ahead of time, hey, we are going to bomb this building. They warn people hours ahead of time, knowing that by doing that, a lot of terrorists are going to run away. A lot of the things that they are trying to target within that building are probably going to be taken out of that building, whether it be computers or hard drives or guns or rockets or whatever the case might be. I've already mentioned that, you know, Ben Shapiro had kind of shared those three points around some of the reasons why people are saying that the current conflict is is happening. But I want you to hear him give just one recent example of how Israel does this again, knowing that providing hours of advanced warning takes away that element of surprise when
1: you're dealing with an enemy, but they do it anyway. And meanwhile, is it, here's how is it, so that's how Hamas treats this conflict, right? Just shoot rockets everywhere, see if you can hit anything. It's basically the game battleship. You just randomly just shoot things at, th- at people and hope that it hits somebody. And okay, here is how. Israel handles this stuff. So here is tape of a Palestinian security guard being called by the Israeli military and told, get everybody out of this building. We know that Hamas uses this building, so we're knocking down the building. That's literally what's happening here. Israel calls minutes before they're about to hit a building. They call whoever they can get, and they say, get all the civilians out. He's saying at least two to three hours. No one should come close. So I should go to the other building and not let anyone come close. No problem, no problem. So, first one shot warning and then two missiles. I'm asking, you mean first you'll warn and then you'll hit the building? I just want to make sure that there's no one inside. Okay, so this is a person talking to the Israeli military. The Israeli military is literally giving up the element of surprise, which is the number one element in warfare, particularly when you're talking about terrorists who are embedded in the middle of civilian populations. They're saying, okay, we'd rather not kill the terrorists who will then fire more rockets on us in order to get the civilians out of the way. Okay, and then the propaganda that is printed by the media is that Israel is knocking down towers without any mention of this sort of stuff. OK, so here Hamas put out this video of Israel knocking down this apartment complex, right, hitting this apartment complex. Israel, co- you know how they know that, that a- apartment apartment, co- why do they know where to train the camera? How do they know where to train the camera? The answer is they know where to train the camera because Israel dropped a knock bomb on top of that. A knock bomb is a bomb that is designed not to penetrate the top layer of the apartment complex. They drop a bomb. It shakes the building, doesn't break the building. Everybody gets out and then they knock down the building. And so what he shares there, that is not
0: that is not a unique experience that happened in that instance. This is what happens over and over and over and over and over again. And there's even reports that a lot of times when Israel does make these calls and when Israel does tell the Palestinian people, hey, we are going to bomb such and such area. There have been multiple reports that Hamas will tell those same people, those civilians, do not leave this building, do not leave this area. They are lying. They are trying to trick you. And then you have a bunch of dead kids. Israel's known for doing these phone calls. They're known for dropping leaflets out of planes ahead of time. And letting the civilian populations know, hey, we are coming in here with firepower. Militaries don't do that. And yet in the Gaza Strip, which, by the way, you've got the Gaza Strip and you've got the West Bank. And a lot of people who just hear this in the news aren't aware of this, but the West Bank, that's Judea and Samaria. Kind of sound like a place where Jews have been for a long, 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 long time. And you hear all this talk about the Israelis being this occupying force. But in the Gaza Strip, you literally have one of the most evil, godless, despicable regimes fighting against Israel, whose army is, as I said, the most moral army on the face of the planet. And yet the news and our elected officials and clueless celebrities... And celebrities who know what they're talking about, but they're anti-Semitic, so they're going to say it anyway, just spout off lies about Israel being the aggressor in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And so you have this narrative that gets spread all across the world. And because of that, you have scenes like we had last week where people were streaming into the streets of New York City singing um, what sounds like a really sweet, really, just a really loving song about the need for Palestine to be free, because we all like freedom, right? We all love freedom, and of course, I'm an American, and so I'm very much in favor of freedom. But you've got this huge crowd of protesters going out, and they're they're singing this song, and I want you to listen to this song for a minute, and then I'm going to tell you what this actually means. Now, that sounds like a really catchy tune. I mean, it it rhymes. There's people from all different cultures and backgrounds that are in that march. There's even many American Jews that were in that protest march and protest marches happening all across New York City, at least, that I saw. I don't know if there were protests happening in other cities, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're. If there were, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Again, it rhymes. Everyone loves freedom. And so it's good, right? The very phrase from the river to the sea comes from the teaching espoused by radical Islamic terrorists that it isn't about a two state solution. It isn't about Palestine having some land and living in peace next to the Israelis who have their land and the two cultures coexisting side by side. From the river to the sea is the radical Islamic teaching that all of the Jews need to be driven out of the land and into the sea. And they're not driving them into the sea so that they can live on houseboats. They're not driving them into the sea so that they can live on islands. That song comes from the teaching that the Jews need to be drowned in the sea and that they need to be pushed out of all of the land. And yet you have completely clueless, completely ignorant college sorority girls out there in the middle of the street, walking arm in arm with radical anti-Semites. Who are calling for the Jews to be driven into the sea. You have American Jews in that crowd walking with the people who are chanting from the river to the sea. As the song kind of faded out there, you may or may not have heard they were talking about uh, how there can be no peace in stolen land. The leadership that is ruling over the Palestinian people with an iron fist, and no, I am not speaking of the Jews, I am speaking of Hamas, they do not want a two-state solution. They want all Jews to be dead. That is what they want. And this mentality that gives us catchy little tunes like From the River to the Sea infects every level of... Of Palestinian society and infects every person who lives under that regime, regardless of their age. And I'm not saying that they have all fallen prey to this. I'm not saying that every single person in Palestine is a rabid anti Semite. However, I will say that Hamas and the Palestinian Authority is trying their hardest to make that be the case. So if you are a little kid in Palestine, the kind of children's shows that you are subjected to are a little bit different than what you would imagine in, you know, the Western world. You can find a number of examples of shows that are kind of like the equivalent of Barney here in the United States. And Barney's evil for his own reasons, just hideous creature that I, every time I see him, I get this kind of it gives me ptsd but that's just that's for other reasons he's just ugh. but you have these shows for palestinian children where they have these yucky knockoffs of mickey mouse and there's one where there's this like guy in a b costume and they're talking to very little kids preschool age kids five six seven year old kids and they're talking to them about the the glory of martyrdom. They're talking to them about how all of the Jews need to be killed. They're getting kids to recite poems about killing Jews and about being martyrs. Again, if the government of Mexico was teaching preschoolers and five and six and seven year olds that they needed to come to America and blow up Americans in order to go to heaven and have 72 almond-eyed virgins as their reward, if the government in Mexico was doing that, we would be having a lot of problems with the Mexican people trying to kill us. And if the government of Mexico... Because of having a radical viewpoint like that, if they started shooting rockets at us, we would have to defend ourselves. And in that process, some innocent civilians in Mexico would die. Seriously, though, these children's shows, and this video is like six and a half minutes long, but I'm just going to share one or two small clips here and I'll, I'll link the whole thing in the show notes. But these children's shows, they're all about killing Jews. And, you know, I'm sure that has no impact on people's hearts and minds whatsoever when that's what you receive from from childhood onward. And, and what I'll do here is I'll just I'll play the short clip and then I will share the translation after the fact, because I worry if I try to speak over it, that it's just going to kind of be a little bit of a garbled mess here.
1: <تصفيق> <تصفيق>
0: do do so this show and there's some kind of mascot, he's off screen. I know they have this creepy Mickey Mouse knockoff and there's like a a little bee guy that is a, a a mascot um i don't know who it is that's off screen but i'm i'm assuming it's one of those one of those guys and the host of the show who is also a girl she's probably i'm going to say i don't know 9 10 11 years old she starts off here by saying what does a policeman do and the weird um weird mascot off to the side of the screen says he catches thieves and people who make trouble. Then the the host, which again is a child, says and shoots Jews, right? And there's these two little girls, I don't know, there may be 4, 5. There's these two little girls sitting there who who you know are being indoctrinated and 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 they say yes. And then the host says, "You want to be like him?" And again, this is a very young child host and these little girls nod So the host says Allah willing when you grow up and one of the little girls says so that I can shoot Jews and at that point in time you hear the creepy um mascot off the side of the screen go, yeah you know, kinda kinda applaud the fact that this four year old's saying that she wants to shoot Jews and then the host, again a child host, says all of them? All of them? And the girl says, yes. And that child host says, good. I've got one more clip for you here. And then I'll uh, share the translation. And again, check out the full video. It's in the show notes. And it's one example of the the evil indoctrination that is happening. To even the youngest children in the Gaza Strip. And so that catchy tune was sung by a group of six kids. Probably ranging in age from seven or eight years old to 10. And what they were singing was... Jihad bestows pride and glory upon you when you become a martyrdom seeker. And they repeat that part about becoming a martyrdom seeker a handful of times. And then they say, Oh, explosive device of glory, with her blood, she created freedom. And they repeat that a few times, talking about the suicide vests that they are supposed to uh Supposed to aspire to put on one day, which oftentimes those vests get put on kids because the, uh, the Hamas terrorists would rather blow up children than blow up themselves, although they're willing to do that, too. You see, it's easy for us in free nations to look at what's going on and to try to think about it from the mindset of people who live in a free nation. To think about it from the mindset of people who live in a culture where, yeah, our government is screwed up, but it's still run by people who are not endorsing us, just murdering people left and right. And because this is what children are taught from a young age, you have the situation like we have right now. And, and as I'm recording this, I wanted to actually splice in this little uh, update for you here. On Monday morning, I normally have the podcast out already on Monday morning, but I'm splicing this in this morning just to give you a, a relatively updated number here on what Israel is dealing with. This information came from the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force. It was a Twitter post they put out at about 4:15 a.m. US Eastern Standard Time today, May 17th, 2021. It says that 3,150-plus rockets have been fired at Israel from the Gaza Strip since last Monday. 3,150-plus rockets. Ten Israelis have been killed, and the Iron Dome defense system has intercepted 90% of those rockets. The IDF has struck eight hundred twenty plus terrorist targets. They have killed one hundred thirty plus terrorists. And I had mentioned those three thousand one hundred fifty plus rockets fired at Israel. Of that, four hundred sixty of those Hamas terrorist rockets ended up misfiring, blowing up on the pad or shooting up into the air and then falling back down in their own territory. Just wanted to give you that that quick update. And when you consider that little kids are told on children's shows by mascots and fluffy animal costumes, when they're told to kill Jews, this is what you end up with. And this is why Hamas and the Palestinian side is responsible and always has been responsible For the Israeli Palestinian conflict. Okay, one more quick break, and then I'm going to share a few more thoughts. So, I wanted to have a podcast for a long time before I actually got around to having a podcast. And one of the things that held me back was well, how do I get it out there? How do I get it in front of people? And If you're interested in podcasting and you just kind of need to to get going with it, I want to encourage you to check out Buzzsprout for your podcast hosting. So essentially what happens is you record your podcast episode and then you upload it to Buzzsprout. And with a few clicks of a button, it is then sent out to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and, and really dozens of other directories. You also get a great looking website for your podcast. You get audio players that you can drop into your website or into other websites, and you get detailed analytics showing you how many people are listening, what tools they're using to listen to it, and uh, where they're listening. But it's not that hard to get a podcast going when you have a good host that you can partner up with. So if that's something that you're interested in, I encourage you to go to fairlyimportant.com slash buzzsprout that's fairly slash buzzsprout and a cool thing that happens here after you pay for two months of service with buzzsprout they send you a $20 amazon gift card for going through that link and i earn a little bit back as well which helps support the show i think when it comes down to it there's a few things that happen here that lead people to think that Israel is the bad guy and that the Palestinians are the ones that are being picked on by an occupying force, by an apartheid state. One of the things is simply rabid anti-Semitism. And we have at least two openly anti-Semitic U.S. representatives in Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. I remember shortly after she came into office, there was a picture of a map in her office, in Rashida Tlaib's office, a world map. And where Israel was, she had a post it note on top of it that said Palestine. And she says horrendous things about the state of Israel all the time. Ilhan Omar says horrendous things about the state of Israel and about Jews all the time. So you have open anti-Semitism. Then you have some other people within our government, such as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I don't know where she's at on, you know, being a out-and-out anti-Semite, but she does parrot a lot of the things that you hear from people like Omar and Talib and, and the radical left when it comes to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So she says some horrible things, but I wouldn't put her in the exact same category or caliber of anti-Semitism. So rabid anti-Semitism is one of the reasons for this. Another reason for this, and, and probably the reason that a lot of people get caught up in this, is just misinformation in general. For a world that talks so much about fake news, and there's real fake news, of course there is, but that term is also something that is very regularly aimed at conservative media. But there's also just propaganda that comes from the mainstream media where all you hear is about how evil Israel is and about how oppressed the palestinians are and it's it's you know it's revisionist history they don't talk about the unilateral concessions that israel has made time and time again they don't talk about israel unilaterally pulling out of the gaza strip in 2005 yet even though they pulled out hamas has just made it a place of hell on earth for the palestinians and it's just used as a place to launch terrorist attacks on Israelis. In fact, and U has a great video on this, I'll, I'll link it as well, five times, five times now, Israel has tried to give the Palestinians their own state. And each time they've done that, they have offered to hand them a huge chunk of land and every single time the palestinians have said no you don't hear that and the reason they say that is because they're not interested in israel existing at all but kids don't hear that on college campuses and most adults that are only paying attention to the mainstream media don't hear that in the media. And so you have this revisionist history that just kind of tries to, not tries to, it it just covers up all of that. And it's no wonder you have clueless college kids thinking that Israel is evil, because most of their professors are telling them that too. It's no wonder that the average American that You know, watches the news or or gets their news from Twitter, it's no wonder that they see things and say, Oh wow, they Israel really must be bad. How many rockets does it take until people realize, wow, they're the bad guys. I don't know. But I know this. I know that I believe the Bible. It's the inspired word of God, all 66 books. And in Genesis twelve three, God tells Abram, he says, I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. He's telling him, he's telling, he's telling Abram, you know him as Abraham, he's telling him, the father of the nation of Israel. He's saying, if people curse you, I'm going to curse them. If people bless you, I am going to bless them. Hamas has been cursing Israel for ages, and for that, God is cursing Hamas. I encourage you to pray for the Palestinian people. I encourage you to pray for the Israelis. I encourage you to pray that Hamas would lay down their arms. Doesn't seem like something that would happen, but God does miraculous things, and we are called to pray for our enemies. I'd also encourage you to share this with somebody who maybe is of that mindset that Israel is the bad guy in all of this and that the Palestinians are the oppressed ones and ask them to simply listen to it with an open mind. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you inviting me into your day and I hope you do that again really soon. God bless. Hey, I bet you thought I was gone, but I'm not, and apparently neither are you. If you don't mind, I'd love for you to do me a quick favor. Hit the subscribe or follow button in whatever podcast app you're using right now. I'll also ask you to review the show. If you do a written review, I might even read it on an upcoming episode. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, CastBox, Podcast Addict, or Podchaser or at fairlyimportant.com slash love the podcast. Okay, I'm going to go for real now. You can go too.